Gemunla. You're listening to Karukirama EV, Karukirama, the English version. This podcast talks about the representation of the Caribbean in movies and TV shows. Make sure to check out my website karukirama.com for more info about this episode. I'm your host Patra M and this is episode 1 on why. First, let me introduce myself. I am Patra M. Yes, Patra, like the singer. And of course, it's not my real name. I was born and raised in Guadeloupe, a French island in the Eastern Caribbean. I moved to Paris in my early 20s to go to college. I got my master's degree in history there. And right now, I'm in my 30s and I'm still living in France. When you spend so many years living as a minority, as being treated as quote-unquote the other, you may struggle with defining yourself in your own terms. My experience as someone being a part of the diaspora now is different from my experience growing up as a girl in Guadeloupe back in the 90s. That's why I created this podcast, to explore the representations behind the word Caribbean, because I want to figure out what being Caribbean means to me right now. Considering that I'm from Guadeloupe, everything I say, every comment I make, Um, you must keep in mind that it will be from my point of view as someone, as a woman from Guadeloupe. This is why the podcast is called Karukirama. Karukira is allegedly the word the Carib people used to call Guadeloupe. So I wanted to honor them. And the suffix meant in English can be seen as a reference to the word entertainment or to the word comment because I'm going to comment on the entertainment industry. And in French, I pronounce it carrément because it means, um, it would mean something like the carrière way. Like you're doing something carrièrement, you're doing something carrière, you're doing something the carrière way or carrièrement, L-Y. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I launched the podcast in French first back in um, January 2019 because I could no longer stand how badly, badly French cinema and television kept misrepresenting and making fun of Caribbean people. And I wanted to help spread the word about interesting Caribbean content showing us with um, dignity, with complexity, and with humanity. I recorded six episodes in French, and I was ready to end this adventure, but, I mean, for my own personal reasons, but I felt my exploration wasn't complete. I always wanted to connect with non-French speakers from the Caribbean, I know we have many differences, but also many things in common, 
and I thought it'd be nice to see what you guys had to say about this movie or this kind of representation. And yeah, I, I thought it'd be interesting to reach out. So that's why I decided to do it in English now. Maybe one day in Spanish, but I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, um, this podcast is a journey. I don't know where it's going to take me, but I'm sure the ride will be amazing. And I hope you'll come along. Okay, so here's how it will go down. I pick a movie and I will talk about it in three segments. Segment number one is called Yekrik Yekrak. It's to tell you the plot to sum up the story if you haven't watched the movie yet. And yes, there will be spoilers, but I always try to keep it light. Segment number two is called uh, Caribbean Connection. I explain to you how the story makes me reflect on who I am as a, an Afro-Caribbean woman. And segment number three is called Caribbean Soundtrack. It's to share some Caribbean songs related to the overall theme of the episode. You'll get a new segment each Sunday, which means I get to talk about the movie throughout the month. For those who'd rather listen to the episode in one setting, I'll upload the full version on the last Sunday of the month. Caricaramont is really just about celebrating Caribbean culture. And we're going to start right now with Battle Dream Chronicle. It's time for the Yekrik Yekrak. Yekrik Yekrak is the segment in which I present you the movie and the plot. Battle Dream Chronicle is a movie from Martinique. Now, for those of you who don't know, Martinique is an island in the Eastern Caribbean. It's close to Guadeloupe and Dominica. Battle Dream Chronicle was released in 2015. It was directed by Alain Bidard and it is known as the first animation movie ever made in Martinique. It toured all around the world in international film festivals and it won many awards too. A TV series adaptation is in the works right now. So yeah, I think we can say that Battle Dream Chronicle is definitely a big deal for Caribbean cinema. This is how the plot goes down. In 2100, the Empire of Mortemund colonized almost all the nations of the earth and reduced their populations to slavery. Every slave is forced to collect 1000 XP every month in Battle Dream, a video game where they can die for real. Only those who succeed are granted the right to live until the following month. Siana, a young Martinican slave, refuses to keep living in this condition and decides to fight for her freedom. So this was a very close translation of the French summary you can find on the official website battledream.com. If we, and by we, I mean I, I'm always nip-ticking, okay? And here I'd say, I'd say this story isn't just about Sienna. She gets help along the way to fight back against Mortemund. And, but yeah, I, I agree. Sienna is a leader in every sense of the way, a Caribbean woman from the future. 
this movie is full-on sci-fi and this is what we'll talk about in the Caribbean Connection segment. How and why a badass character like Sienna is important for Caribbean representation and how Battle Dream Chronicle highlights the potential for Caribbean futurism fiction. The Caribbean Connection segment is to discuss how a movie makes me reflect on my identity as a black woman and as an Afro-Caribbean woman and where I stand in this world. I first came across Battle Dream Chronicle like two years ago, I think. I was doing some research about Afrofuturism in the Caribbean and somehow I stumbled upon this movie. So a couple of months later, I subscribed to CaribbeanTalesTV.com just to watch this movie. And another, uh, and something else, but it was mainly because of uh, Battle Dream Chronicle. It took me about a year to fully verbalize what this movie meant to me. Um, you see, it was uh, the first time ever that I got to see a Caribbean heroine in an animation movie. I grew up in the 90s, which is the anime golden era in the French TV history. I'm not a fan of anime, it's just that what that's what French TV provided to me at that time, so I just watched it. And yeah, so of course I watched uh, Sailor Moon, I watched City Hunter, Dragon Ball Z. My personal favorites were Captain Tsubasa and Cat Size. But yeah, okay, that's not the point here. My point is I grew up watching Japanese content because that's what French TV provided at that time. Because it was cheaper than creating original content. As for movies, you know, it was all about Disney, Disney movies in the 90s. I mean, The Lion King, Aladdin, and Mulan are the soundtrack of my childhood. But still, I grew up surrounded by visual content from every other culture but mine. Metal Dream Chronicle breaks this cycle. And you know, I, I watched um, this movie with my mom and my little sister. My mom is in her 50s and my little sister is in her late teens. It had been years since we had sat down in our, in our living room to watch a movie together. I mean, ever since my sister got her first uh, smartphone, like two or three years ago, watching movie together was something we did uh, only when we went to the movie theater. That's why I was happy when when they accepted to watch Battle Dream Chronicle with me. All I had to say was, it's a movie from Martinique. And they said yes with no hesitation. I mean, can you picture this scene? Three women from three different generations who had never seen themselves represented in an animation movie. 
this was a powerful moment for me because Battle Dream Chronicle isn't just isn't just about black representation. Other black cultures can identify, which is something awesome. But as someone from Guadeloupe, I can dissociate the Caribbeanness that makes this movie unique in its blackness. To me, Siana is a contemporary representation of Caribbean women. She's strong. She's smart. She fights for her freedom. She's willing to sacrifice herself for others to be free. In Creole, we have this expression, femme putumito. I don't know about English, uh, English or Spanish-speaking islands, but I know Asian people also use the expression femme putumito, which means pillar woman. Basically, it means the woman is the pillar that sustains any structure. Problem is... Yes, being a femme putumitan means you're strong, but it also means you must carry every responsibility on your own without showing any sign of weakness. It means every realm around you count on you to fix every little thing without asking in return if you need any help. But Siana does show her vulnerability. That's why I say she is a contemporary representation of being a Caribbean woman. She goes through some growing pains and she tells you how hurt she is. I mean, she doesn't she doesn't complain or anything like that, but she really I mean, she handles everything, every every bad stuff with the right amount of vulnerability and composure so you can still see her as a as a human being but someone you can really look up to and i think that's because alain vidal made sure her character was never on her own siana isn't all by herself she battles in the battle dream arena with her best friend Lisa. they called themselves the fire mermaids you don't know how much it means to me to see two black young women who aren't blood-related to have such a strong connection. I remember while watching the movie for the first time, I held my breath until the very last scene because I was scared Letha would betray Sienna at some point or the other way around, but it never happened. Okay, that was a spoiler. My bad, but really, no. And anyway, so <laughs> I was so glad to see such a beautiful connection between two young black women on my TV screen. Well, technically it was my computer, but you get what I mean. And by the way, this movie passes the Bechdel test with a high note. Most of characters are women who are driven only by their desire to get their freedom back, and they want to abolish the empire that enslaved them. And the male characters respect women and always treat them as their equal. And even the villains still show a dynamic in which women get treated equally to men. And that's also what Battle Dream Chronicle got me thinking about. A society filled with technology in which women are the true political leaders. Is it the future we can or should expect? And why the Caribbean can allow this kind of inclusive setting?
before 2016, I, I just didn't care about science fiction. I think the only two sci-fi books I had read so far were 1984 by George Orwell and Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. I don't know if that's a way to pronounce it. Anyway, by the way, did you know the French title for Brave Brave New World is Le Meilleur des Mondes, whose literal translation would be the best of all words. Okay, now isn't the time to get into the importance of accurate, accurate translation. However, I do want to point out that the English subtitles for Battle Dream Chronicle are very accurate. What they say is exactly what the French dialogues mean. So there's no intention lost in translation, which is a good thing because it means we get to experience the movie in a similar way. I grew up watching the TV show X-Files, but other than that, I never found the genre quite appealing. Wait, do the movies E.T. and Back to the Future count as sci-fi? I think they do well. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I could like some sci-fi stories, but I never really cared for the genre because it only showed me a white world. And I wasn't even aware of this particular reason for me not to like sci-fi until 2016. It's the year I had an epiphany. I got back into writing, which made me connect with other young black writers and artists who introduced me to the wonderful world of Afrofuturism. What is Afrofuturism, you may ask? Well, the term became official in 1993 with the article Black to the Future by Marc Derry. As time went by, his definition became obsolete for some people, and Ronaldo Anderson defined Afrofuturism in, 20, in 2013 as the early 21st century technogenesis of black identity reflecting counter histories, hacking and or appropriating the influence of network software, database logic, cultural analytics, deep remixability, neurosciences, enhancement and augmentation, gender fluidity, post-human possibility, the speculative sphere, the speculative sphere with transdisciplinary applications and has grown into an important diasporic technocultural pan-African movement. Okay. Um, uh, I'll give you the link of the, uh, I'll leave you the name of the manifesto uh, Rinaldo Anderson wrote. That was quite hard to read, okay? So anyway, for two years I read books written in English, from the classics by Octavia Butler to the current generation of writers such as Nelly Okorafor and Tommy Adeyemi. I'm so sorry for butchering the names. I'm trying really hard. 
And also, I went back to listening Missy Elliott's albums and watching her music videos. I jumped right into Janelle Monet's universe. It was very exciting to explore their vision of how black people could could transcend time and space. And at some point, I was like, okay, this is fine. This is cool. This is awesome. But it doesn't... It doesn't resonate with me in the same way as it could resonate if I share the same cultural references as this artist. And don't get me wrong here. I'm, I'm not saying Caribbean culture isn't rooted in African culture. If I define myself as Afro-Caribbean, it's because I totally accept the African roots that make me who I am today. However, being born and raised in the Caribbean means that I didn't get to experience a, a certain lifestyle or I didn't get to grow with a, a certain way to view the world. We have our vision of how different ethnic groups may coexist in the same space. And Battered Rim Chronicle really does show how the Caribbean history is the, the history of the world. I mean, you can see it when you look at the poster of the movie. There are Afro-descendant characters, there are Asian characters, there are European, I mean, white characters, and... It's not just to be inclusive just for the sake of being inclusive. This is what the Caribbean is about. Different people brought together because some of these people had bad motives, lots of suffering, lots of death, lots of social, political and economic issues. But at the end of the day, we're here and we exist. And the present is sometimes a lot to deal with. I mean, there's still a long way to go for real equality and for everyone to have the means to live a decent life. But we're here. In Battle Dream Chronicle, we see the Caribbean from the future. We still exist in the future. It's the year 2100, which isn't that far away from us. I mean, that's like tomorrow. And the movie presents a world enslaved by one nation called Mortemund, which can be literally translated as dead world, which means that if Siana defeats Mortemund, then Martinique defeats Mortemund. If Martinique defeats Mortemund, it means that Martinique and the Caribbean will create a new international political order. And that's very meaningful to me considering how Martinique and Guadeloupe are still officially French territories, but our reality is Caribbean and we are treated differently anyway. I mean, this isn't the place to get political, but I think it's important for people, and I mean people in general, not just French Caribbean people, I think it's important for everyone to see that it is possible to imagine a world in which Martinique is independent and is winning. It's possible to imagine a world in which 
Caribbean people take the lead. The Martinique of Battle Dream Chronicle is a Martinique that is no longer a natural paradise. The air pollution is so high that people need an implant to breathe. When you hear the news about the sargassum, sargassum seaweeds invading the Caribbean Sea, you can definitely picture how people living there won't be able to breathe normally in a few years if governments don't take real measures to protect the environment. In Battledrum Chronicle, the solution is to use technology to regulate directly the human body. What's, what's scary about it is that the implant becomes a way to control who gets to live and who gets to die. So technology is what enables the slavery system to come back in the Caribbean. And when you watch the news today, you can see how this vision can definitely become reality. On the other hand, technology is also what helps the enslaved people to get their freedom. So I'm going to be honest with you guys. I kind of struggled to really understand how the world became what it became in Battle Dream Chronicle. I mean, the movie starts, you know, year 2100, and the references to the life in the past are too vague for the viewer to really fully com comprehend what was before the year 2100. Uh, maybe the TV series will give us the answers, maybe. Anyway, that doesn't make the movie any less enjoyable. Um, I mean, it's, it's cool to see how Caribbean culture and technology can be mixed together. Like um, the name of one of, Sienna, one of Sienna's attack in Battle Dream, in the game Battle Dream, um, one of the attacks is Sukunyo. Um, depending of which island you form, I guess the Sukunyan may have another name, but for Martinique and Guadeloupe, Sukunyan takes the appearance of, um, of a fireball. It's usually an old lady who removes her human skin at night and turns into a fireball in order to do evil things like, you know, sucking blood out of people, I don't know. Anyway, Battle Dream Chronicle brings together all, th all these different mythologies. You get the Egyptian mythology, the Greek mythology, the Afro-Caribbean mythology, and there's no hierarchy between them. This movie really puts our Caribbean mythology, our Caribbean folklore on the same level as any other big mythology. And, and it's important because Mythology and folklore are the roots of any culture as they explain the world we live in, as they explain the reason why we exist. Anyway, there are many other topics I could talk about, like the representation of religion, the representation of parenting, or the transposition of the past slavery system, the Caribbean, into this world of uh, the future. But what I really wanted to highlight was how Battle Dream Chronicle gave me the opportunity to think about Afrofuturism with a Caribbean approach. And it does bring up real questions to define Caribbean Futurism. 
I just don't I just don't see how one would set a story in the Caribbean or with Caribbean characters and totally ignore the fact that there are different groups of people and their dynamic is conditioned by 400 years of slavery. Afrofuturism makes sense to me to define exclusively a certain black identity. Um, right now, with how I see the Caribbean, well, to me, Caribbean futurism cannot be just Afrofuturism. It can be Afrofuturistic centric, I guess. But, <laughs> well, I just don't see how you'd build a world with only black people in it if you're in the Caribbean. I don't know. Tell me your thoughts on this, because I know the English Caribbean speakers have had access to Caribbean sci-fi literature uh, for much longer than us French Caribbean people have. So, and if it weren't for Battle Dream Chronicle, I don't think it is something that I would have taken into consideration in my own writing. This is how this movie got me thinking about my own definition of what being Caribbean is. So it's time for the final segment, Caribbean Soundtrack. The Caribbean soundtrack segment is about sharing Caribbean songs related to the overall theme of the episode. I'll present you three songs, and if you're inspired by the movie or by the theme, feel free to drop a comment or a song link on Twitter or IG. I'm always curious to hear what other people listen to, so yeah, do it please. <laughs> so. The theme today is Caribbean Futurism. As you know, music is a big part of Caribbean culture. Futurism is about having a vision. It's about foreseeing what the world, what our society can become. And there's this one group back in the 70s. It was led by a true visionary, Pierre-Edouard Decimus. He's from Guadeloupe and he brought together many musicians from Guadeloupe and Martinique to create the group Cassav. Cassav is considered to be the creators of Zouk, and just because the group is made of people from Guadeloupe and Martinique, there's this kind of cute, I don't know if you can call it cute, but you know, there's this war going on between the two islands, who really invented Zouk. Uh, I say it's Guadeloupe, okay? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's an ongoing debate. But at the end of the day, Kassav, the group, made Zouk popular. And the first song they ever released was Love and Cadence. It was released in 1979. This song marks the beginning of Kassav's explorations to find the right formula to create Zouk during the 80s. In this song, you, you hear the different ingredients. You have the funky vibe with the brass section. You have the African traditional vibe with the drums. 
In Guadeloupe, our traditional drum is called ka, and the traditional music is called boca. So zouk comes from the mix between these two energies, and I'm sure you can feel the carnival sound. So we were in 1979. Now let's get back on our time machine and let's go to 2018 with Celia Wa. Celia Wa is an artist also from Guadeloupe. Her first EP was uh, Superwoman and it had a clear hip hop, jazzy, soulful vibe. Then she came back in November 2018 with a new project called Adon Dot Soleil. If you speak Creole, then you know that Adon Dot Soleil means see you or goodbye, bye bye. And the literal trans translation and the literal translation would be something like see you at the next sunrise. And yeah, you get the idea. So this album is a collaboration between Celia Wa and the beatmaker Karami. They decided to give a name to what they created, which is the, they call it the Carib Future Sound. And it's a mix between the flute, because Celia Wa plays the flute, and it's a mix between that and, a, and some kind of Caribbean groove. And there's something electro about it too. This time we're going to the future with Ishango Sound and their song Leo Love 2069. Ishango Sound is a hip-hop duo made of Manu Dishango and Jamal. Manu Dishango is from Guadeloupe 
and Jamal is from Guadeloupe and Gabon in Africa. They were jazzy first and now they're going for something more futuristic. And you should check out the music video. It was directed by Jean-Luc Stanislas. He's a movie director from Guadeloupe and um, he, he directed a short movie, a sci-fi movie called Traffic d'Info. It was released in 2005 and it's considered to be the first sci-fi Caribbean movie. So he's taking things to another level with the music video of Leo Love 2069. We see sound in, uh, in a time where human beings were forced to leave the earth and they're back because they need something um, because they're about to lose the, their connection to their ancestors and their history and their culture. So, yeah, you should really check it out. Oh. Si singulière, distillant sublimant tes sens, alchimique substance, notre union de feu incandescence des sens, réjouissance des âmes, flammes qui dansent en indécence. En cet instant unique de fièvre de sexe intense, que perdons la magie sous ta peau frissonnante, place au calice de l'intime élixir, tu t'en sustentes. Quelle pure extase de voir cette fleur te fondante, prostez l'homme en attente pour l'ennui, carte descente, belle amante, je m'élance, balance tes hanches à l'infini, je suis très subtil, viril au sac et ta chanson s'éblouit. Première audace permise, I feel like I'm bragging a little bit about my island. Well, maybe I am, but don't worry, there will be songs and artists from other islands in future episodes. And feel free to give me some names, to give me some to give me some songs with this Caribbean futurism vibe. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. It was my first time speaking English for so long. I hope it was okay. You tell me. Uh, I'm really trying my best. Thank you again. Make sure you subscribe. Don't forget you can read the podcast on Apple Podcast. Give it five stars, please. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Karikiramon. You can also check out my website, karakaraman.com. I'm going to post some recommendations about webcomics um, with this Caribbean futurism theme. I'll see you next Sunday for episode 2. Ciao, Bered.